You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Welcome you back from that quick break. Uh, And Nick, we we talked a lot about, obviously, Hackett, his future, uh, the offense, Melvin Gordon, that storyline, all that stuff. We have not talked a lot about the defense. And Nick, they struggled the other day. In fact, I thought it was one of their, maybe one of their worst performances they've had this season uh, against the Panthers, mostly because, not because they were just bad, right? Like, I thought they played probably well enough to win the game, um, you know, if you had an offense that could score. Uh, But, you know, in terms of who they were playing, it was a little uh, head scratching the way that the Panthers were able to move the ball the other day, Uh, secondary giving up some big plays. But really, Nick, my biggest concern, and we talked about it, however, what was that, a week ago or so, uh, the pass rush. Uh, It just seems to not be be there as much as it was earlier in the season. And obviously, when you trade away Bradley Chubb, uh, you have Brandon Gregory, who's on the IR. Um, That's going to happen, right? But how, what's your concern level with this defense and, and specifically uh, those guys on the edge and, and getting to the quarterback? I'm, I'm a little concerned. Last week when we talked about this, I wasn't as uh, concerned when I went back and looked at the numbers and what's happened over a four-game span. It, it is definitely uh, concerning because, you know, this team lost Bradley Chubb, and I understand why George Payton trade, traded Bradley Chubb, and it was ideas at the depth on this team. And I know there's still a lot of young guys still trying to kind of come into form and be collective or as far as a collective group, as far as pass rushers are concerned, but it hasn't really worked out uh, as well as uh, maybe I thought, and maybe George Payton uh, has thought as well, because they've created a lot of pressure. They get around the quarterback, but George, they're not really harassing the quarterback in the way that they were starting at the very beginning of the season. So, Obviously, I got some numbers here. Let's go back to the Carolina game. Uh, two hits on a quarterback, zero sacks. Uh, go to uh, the Raiders game, four quarterback hits, one sack. Tennessee, four quarterback hits, one sack. Jacksonville, two quarterback hits, two sacks. And the, what, what I look at is that this defense was playing well when they was giving this offense a lot of opportunities. But as of late, not so much. And when you get Russell Wilson in a four-game uh, total, 46 times he's been hit, 15 times he's been sacked. And I know that the, the next thing that fans will toss out, well, the defense is tired. Well, guess what? When you're on the field, you have to perform your job. And what we're seeing that teams are doing now, they're just deciding to play bully ball and run the ball down their throats. So maybe it is these numbers may be skewed just a little because teams are opting to run the ball and they have been so successful 
that the defense is not getting enough stops to even put them in passing situations where they can get after the quarterback. Whatever it is, they need to change these numbers if they expect to kind of win or be in any of these last six games. Yeah, and, and you know, the guys on the edge, you look, obviously they're super young there, right? You've got Baron Browning only in his second year, his first year playing that position. Uh, you know, Jonathan Cooper in his second year. Uh, Nick Benito, rookie. You know, you got Jacob Martin, uh, who's been around, but, you know, hasn't played a ton at times. So uh, you're really young at that spot. You'd really like to get Randy Gregory back, but sounds like he's still, you know, a week or so away from returning. And at this point, Nick, I mean, do you really want to push it with him, right? Like, what do you, what exactly are you playing for? So I don't know when Randy will be back. Like, you don't want to push that injury any further than it already is, right? I mean, he's a guy that you've invested in for the future. So if we, I wouldn't even be shocked if we don't see him the rest of the year. Um, but, you know, you've got to have some of those guys start to step up. I mean, Draymond Jones was having such a good year, and he still is. Uh, but you want to see you want to see him get back there again. I think teams are kind of scheming to to double team him, uh, those sorts of things. But we just haven't seen the pass rush. And that Nick, as you know, when you can't get to the quarterback, that leads to coverage breakdowns, right? Because all of a sudden, when you've got guys that have to cover somebody, you know, like a DJ Moore this last week for more than you know three four seconds, that's really tough to do, right? Because the play breaks down, he makes a move, whatever uh, down the field, and we saw him, you know, beat. Pat Sertan a couple times and I know people are like oh Sertan's had you know a couple bad games but also it's not all on Sertan right like you can only ask a corner to cover a guy for so long it's hard right it's I mean I think quarterback is arguably the hardest job a hardest position in football maybe other than quarterback and you know again you've got to be able to put some pressure on on guys like Sam Darnold to make them make some mistakes and this week Nick is the ultimate test when you talk about Lamar Jackson we'll talk about that later in the week but You've got to be able to get after him uh, or else he'll he'll kill you with his arm or his leg. So um, I don't know, Nick, it's it's an issue. But I, I wanted to ask you about like some of those young guys. Are you concerned at all about, you know, Baron Brown? And we've seen flashes from him, right? I think he's still a little banged up is part of the issue, right? These last couple of weeks, we haven't seen him maybe be as explosive. I, I, you know, I'm also maybe getting a little concerned about Nick Benito. Uh, but again, he's still a rookie, so you kind of have to be patient. But are you concerned about any of these younger guys and, and just the lack of production they've had in the last few weeks? It's just growth potential that really, uh, you know, is on my mind. I'm not going to say I'm really concerned with it because uh, like I said, Nick Benito, he is still learning the game. He is a guy coming out of Oklahoma who was used to just kind of running and getting upfield, getting after the quarterback. And the reason he was able to do that because now the team is chasing points and now they have to throw the ball to get into the game. What he's facing now is teams are playing with someone of a lead. And with that being said, they already know the Broncos are going to score only a certain amount of points. I think the average is now 14 points a game. And all you know is that, hey, listen, all we need to do is get 13 points, run the ball, kill the clock, put a lot of pressure on the defense. And oh, by the way, since we know that pass rush is struggling, since we're running the ball, run one of those crossers, get a cheap touchdown, and then now we're up uh, two possessions or three possessions. So th that's kind of been the idea of the game plan facing the Broncos and why some of these guys may have been a little limited. But when you go back and watch the game, especially the Carolina game, you can see they were starting to collapse the pocket around Sam Darnold, but it was just like maybe they needed just another second to get there. And what I'm seeing is the one-on-one -on -one blocks, right? 
you you have to be able to beat the one-on-one block. It's one thing to get double team in this league. And don't get me wrong, George. You know, hey, the other team gets paid too. And sometimes your best pass move may not work on that particular instance and you might get stoned. So you have to have a couple of uh, pass rushers in your bag to kind of throw out there. But what we're seeing right now, the Broncos up front, and even when they bring their linebackers down, they're not getting uh, a pressure on the quarterbacks because they're not winning those one-on-one blocks. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, when you bring an extra rusher, right? uh, The idea is, is not because one guy's free. Maybe sometimes you bring, uh, multiple guys and, and, and somebody's free but the, the idea is that okay if we bring an extra guy that means you know Nick Benito or Baron Brown has got a one-on-one or, or Draymond Jones has got a one-on-one and we believe our guy's better than your guy and he's going to get there right uh, and, and that just has not happened um, you know these last few weeks so going to be interesting to see how Evero maybe changes it up tries to get some other guys going uh, maybe bring some more pressure I don't know uh, but they need to get after the quarterback more and 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 again that leads to coverage down the field. And that that was my next question, Nick. I'm not worried about Pat Sertan. I know some people out there, like, they see him get beat a couple times. They're like, oh, my gosh, he's having bad games. But when you're, a, when you're a young guy like Pat, and you have had a couple games that I wouldn't say they're bad games, but they're not up to his standard, obviously. I mean, we, we've talked about it, right? Um, he's, he's an unbelievable player, uh, young guy. But how do you, you know, he's had two weeks in a row now where, you know, he gets beat by Devontae Adams happens right this last week dj moore i believe scored um and i don't know if that was his fault on the touchdown but then later in the game gets beat on a, a deep crosser over the over the middle of the field um down the sideline uh you know how do you bounce if you're pat Sertan, how do you bounce back from those things and where do you think maybe his frustration level is because we all know he holds himself to a really high standard i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, first and foremost, man, you, you have to understand, I mean, if, if you haven't been beaten in this league or run run over or run by, you hadn't played long enough. It is going to happen in this league. And right now, you know, fans are really upset and they're saying, well, he's not what they advertise. And they're going back to the Broncos should have drafted someone else uh, when they drafted him out of Alabama in the first round. He, he, here's what the problem is. When you look at the past couple of games, with the exception of that DJ Moore play, and and, and listen, I have to tell you, I mean, that was a tough play. I mean, it was great coverage, but it was a a great throw and catch by DJ Moore, and that's going to happen in the league. When we look at the other touchdowns and you look at that, you know, go back to the game against the Raiders and even looking at the game on Sunday against DJ Moore when he came from the right side to the left side, to me, what – Teams have already figured out trying to play or run routes to beat press coverage with Pat Sertan. I mean, look, it's like feast of famine. It's, it's a 50, 50% chance, right? But when you run your wide receiver from one side of the field to the other side of the field, and he has to have outside leverage, and he's either dependent on a middle field safety or the defender on the opposite side to be in that particular zone, that's not really happening. 
So when we really break things down, it's not the fact that PS2 is getting beaten off the line and the guy's racing past him. No, the DJ Moore play was exceptional play. The Raiders game with Devontae Adams, those two passes, you just got to think about what actually happened in those games. So I don't view it as him being burnt, a guy who finds himself at the mercy of the scheme and the mercy of guys who are playing on a defense who are relied to do their job and oftentimes are not. Well, and and here's the thing about corners, right, Nick, is, is that uh, you, they might get beat one or two times a game, and you see that everybody points to and says, "Oh, that guy, that guy got beat." But what about all the other plays that they're not throwing his way? Or I believe there was a play where he knocked a pass down uh, that would have been a first down. Uh, you know, playing cornerback is so tough, man, because, like you said, the, the plays that they're that that are designed, uh, you're running across the field again. If your pass rush isn't getting there, it's really tough to play that spot. And then also, you you receive a ton of criticism. Uh, even though maybe you're you're playing a really good game because you got beat one time, right? Um, and so you, you kind of feel for a guy like Pat, but uh, I you know I think he'll be, he'll bounce back. He's again one of the best in the league. Did you see that he's not uh, in the top Pro Bowl voting right now, Nick? I don't know if you saw that list coming out. the The fan voting is just like, come on, like what are we doing here? I mean. I don't know. Well, well, listen, I know how the system works. And when you're on a team that's not performing well, I mean, fans are not going to look at you in that way. And then when you look at the past two games and how fans have taken to Twitter to say that, hey, he's a bust, he's a bum, the typical things that fans like to say, and you alluded to it, you know, you can play a great game and it's all that last play, that one play they see, and they harp on that play and that play becomes – the last image that's burnt into their mind. So that that's what we're seeing. And then when you look at some of the other corners, they at least have one interception. PS2 doesn't have an interception at, 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 at all. So once again, I go back to how this game actually works. And my mind is a little different because if you, you may have a guy that may not have no interceptions, but then you have to ask yourself, why are they throwing in his direction? And for the most part, with exception of the last two games, they, if they threw in his direction, it was uh, batted away or it was uh, a low percentage catch. But now you get these last two games and people are saying what they're saying. So it's kind of unfortunate he's been victimized by a team that's struggling, but he's still one hell of a corner. Lastly, Nick, before we get out of here, to bring us full circle here, because his name has popped up, would you hire a Jero Evero, defensive coordinator, as a head coach for the Broncos? Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, he's had he, it's been the one bright spot uh, with this team, even though we just finished talking about PS2 and some of the uh, defensive breakdowns. But that's been the only bright spot so far of uh, this season. And, you know, even though they lost to uh, the Panthers and by 13 points, this defense has performed well at time overall. And they've had some breakdowns from a run standpoint. But, yeah, why not give him an opportunity to lead? Uh, to lead this team. But the bigger question is, once again, we started off with this and we're ending with it. No matter who you decide to be your head coach, whether you even bring back Nathaniel Hackett, it's about who is going to be your OC moving forward because that's been the major problem with play calling and personnel. Yeah, I agree. The offensive coordinator is obviously the bigger hire than any – is the biggest hire of all of this, right? I mean, obviously head coach is the biggest hire, but – you got to hire the right offensive coordinator. We've been saying that for years now for them. But 
Uh, I think Evero is probably going to get other opportunities. I think he'll probably, uh, and not saying that he wouldn't take the Broncos, but uh, I think he'll probably interview for other head coaching jobs. Well, uh, just really quickly, he, he may not take the job because of his loyalty to Hackett if correct. Hackett is fired. He may not want to do that. He may not want to burn that particular bridge. And if he's sought after by another team, he may go in that direction as well. I, I agree because people forget – I mean, I believe uh, he was the best man in Nathaniel Hackett's wedding. I mean, they were college roommates. So if Hackett, I mean, he still believes in Hackett. I mean, I think a lot of the staff still believes in Hackett. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that uh, it would be kind of an awkward situation if somehow Evero became the head coach, right? Uh, I don't know if he would feel comfortable with that. And again, I think he'll have other opportunities. Um, I just know that's been thrown out there. They're like, well, why don't they just hire the defense coordinator? Because he's obviously knows what he's doing. Uh, but again, I think it also goes back to, I think they got to hire somebody that has some sort of head coaching experience previously uh, in this league. So, well, 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 that's not true because Jim Ursay just turned that on his ears by hiring Jeff Saturday. So yeah, the, but, whole, the whole but, idea of having experience, no, it doesn't. But the Colts are different. The Colts are different, Nick. They didn't have their, their, their previous, the, here's my argument. The Broncos have now had three straight head coaches that had never had any head coaching experience, and all three struggled at at, at game management, at uh, handling all the duties, trying to do everything. And and I think the Broncos now have to say, okay, we've tried this before, hiring three guys that had no head coaching experience, and now I feel like they have to get somebody that has some sort of experience doing this. This isn't the Colts. Jim Irsay is a crazy man, okay? I don't think Greg Pinner uh, and the Walton Pinner ownership group are crazy people. I think they know that they've got to go out and get somebody that has somewhat some experience. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they go and they hire, you know, Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator for the Bengals. I know he's a hot name out there. But I, I, just, I just think they have to go with somebody that has some sort of experience or stick with Hackett. And I know people don't want to hear that, but. You know, he'll have at least a year under his belt. So I guess that's more experience than some other guys. Yeah, so very we'll true. We'll see. We'll see what they do. Uh, definitely going to be an interesting last six weeks. I know in terms of on the field, maybe it won't be, but I feel like there's so many storylines off the field uh, that that I, I think are, are super intriguing with this group. And, and you know, again, what's it going to look like these next six weeks? Are they going to give in and, and just get beat? Uh, or are they going to try and, and win some of these games? Because uh, they're, it's not like they're trying to tank for a draft pick, Nick. Uh, it just gets better for the Seahawks. So you might as well start winning some games, uh, even if you can't make the playoffs. So we'll see. Uh, but good episode, Nick. Uh, thanks to all the all the listeners uh, for liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. We will see you guys later this week. We're going to break down the Ravens game, uh, how to stop Lamar Jackson, if that's even possible, uh, and, and what to look for in Baltimore. But thanks again, and we'll see you guys later this week.